0: Calendar Show, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I'm Pete Calendar. It worked out that way, just purely coincidental. 704-570-1110, 10, 1-800-WBT-1110. 10. If you would like to uh, chat about anything, I'm um, going to move away from the Madison Cawthorn stuff. I, I think we've given him his due and uh, the stories they're due so far. Um, two, 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 oh, but there is this. related. It is sort of related to... Uh, To the congressional election, but not specifically to that district. This story just came down moments before I began the program. So I've been reading bits of it as I, you know, during the commercial breaks. And uh, headline, Princeton University investigating Sam Wang for research misconduct, toxic workplace issues. This comes from the New Jersey Globe. Who is Sam Wang? Pete, why are you reading us a story about Sam Wang? All shall be revealed. Hang on. Princeton University has launched an internal investigation of Sam Wang, the controversial head of the Princeton Gerrymandering Project. Are you starting to sniff out? You siffing it out? You you figuring out why this matters to us? The Princeton Gerrymandering Project. After members of his staff alleged he was manipulating data to match his personal agenda and also for mistreating people that worked for him. I don't really care about that uh, component. I mean, yes, yes, I care about people being mistreated. Whatever. But I'm more interested in how it affects me. And by me, I mean the whole state of North Carolina, not New Jersey. But Pete, Princeton University is in New Jersey. This doesn't make sense. We're still unclear. All will be revealed. As a result of the probe, Princeton University directed Wang, and that is what you need to do, by the way. Never mind. Um, told Wang not to speak directly with his own staff. Okay? While, so, So while they started on this probe, they say, Wang, don't talk to your own people. Don't talk to your own staff. Which is weird to say to somebody named Wang. Okay, never mind. Anyway, he said, all right, Wang, don't talk to your own staff during the time he was serving as an advisor to the court-appointed tiebreaker for the legislative redistricting commissions in New Jersey. Still not North Carolina, but just hang with me here, okay? I'm getting, I, I'm going to bring it all home. All right. So, but think about this. This is the guy who's running the redistricting or the gerrymandering project. And he's told he cannot talk to his own personnel. Meanwhile, he is the advisor to the court. The court appointed tie-breaking vote on the redistricting commission in New Jersey. So this guy is in the ear. So Wang is in the ear. All right, I'm going to say that differently. Sam Wang has the ear of the tie-breaking vote in New Jersey's, quote-unquote, independent redistricting commission. And Sam Wang has an agenda. Complaints were filed before and during the time Wang was serving as this advisor. The advisor was never told. While working on New Jersey redistricting, Wang was accused of Manipulating data to achieve the outcome that he wanted. This is according to three different individuals. Three different people say, quote, he would, well, one said, quote, he'd fudge the numbers to get his way. He had an agenda. He was good at hiding it when he had to, but it was clear Sam wanted Democrats to win. <gasps> no way. Democrats putting their thumbs on the scale of an independent redistricting anti-gerrymandering project? I'm shocked. Here are your winnings, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. He wanted Democrats to win, and he was willing to cheat to make that happen. This is from somebody that worked for him on the project. Princeton gerrymandering project? Which now that I read the title or the, the the name of that organization, I mean, I really can't. I really can't say. Uh, I mean, that's just my fault. The Princeton Gerrymandering Project—they tell you what they're all about right there in their name, right? Right. Everybody just assumed that they is the Gerrymandering Project that they were working against gerrymandering. But no, if you just read the name, it's it's the Gerrymandering Project. That's what they're interested to do. Staffers raised considerable objections to a report that Wang had written on New Jersey's congressional redistricting that they said was biased. A senior legal strategist on Wang's team, a graduate of a top law school who had clerked for two federal judges, worked through the night to rewrite sections that were tilted in favor of the Democratic map in a bid to seek the appearance of greater objectivity. What does that sentence mean? There's a a senior legal strategist on the team with all this experience had to go through and rewrite large portions of this report because it was so obviously tilted in favor of the Democrats. The guy who uh, was on this, uh, he was the tiebreaker, Justice, uh, he's a, a former New Jersey Supreme Court Justice, John E. Wallace Jr. said that he relied on Wang's evaluation of partisan fairness of the maps in his amplification of reasons for why he voted for the Democratic map. So the guy who cast the vote for the New Jersey congressional maps, the tie-breaking vote, that guy said he relied on Wang's evaluation. Wallace was not aware that Wang was facing a probe. All right, I'm going to say that a different way. Uh, Wallace was unaware that his advisor was under investigation at Princeton for research misconduct. The New Jersey Globe reported back in January that staffers from the Princeton Gerrymandering Project quietly gave Democrats some valuable feedback that would ultimately play into their final map submission, that Republicans were doing a good job limiting the splitting of towns and municipalities and Democrats needed to do better. See, so the, the Princeton Gerrymandering Project was coaching, they were coaching Democrats on how to do battle in the gerrymandering, redistricting wars. We'll go down to the very end of this article. Here's the payoff. Do you remember, because I covered it, and if you don't remember me covering it, then that tells me you have not been listening to every show that I do, and that's really, it's kind of sad. It hurts my heart. But you can make amends for that right now by listening from here on out every single day. Okay, glad good talk. Glad we had the talk a Republican lawmaker in North Carolina sought to remove Wang as a research assistant to a court-appointed special master for congressional and legislative redistricting. Do you remember this? They alleged that the Princeton professor had violated the court order by engaging in, quote, substantive ex parte communications with the other experts that the plaintiffs had been using. They had been, the, the plaintiffs had gotten these experts lined up. This is the left-wing groups. They had all of their experts, and they were using these experts, and after they had gotten their appointments by the court to be the experts for the plaintiffs, Wang starts contacting them, and Wang starts talking with them. A judge in that case denied the Republicans' efforts to remove Wang. They said it would be painful for uh, some No, I'm kidding. News Talk Eleven Ten Ninety Nine Three WBT. We're talking about Sam Wang, out of Princeton University, Princeton Gerrymandering Project and Electoral Innovation Lab staff members of the PG, uh, sorry, the PGPEIL as I like to call it, um, they were instructed not to speak with Wang in early January. On March first, a senior human resources manager at Princeton University told the staff at the Electoral Innovation Lab that the investigation was still ongoing. North Carolina state Senator Ralph Hise said, quote, from the beginning of the remedial redistricting process, Dr. Wang's involvement was problematic. Yet no one took our concerns seriously. The allegations that he skewed data to favor Democrats during the New Jersey redistricting process should absolutely call into question his involvement in North Carolina. After all, the court accepted a map drawn by the special master's team. The North Carolina Republican uh, Senate leader, uh, uh, Senate President Pro Tem Phil Berger's office, pushed out this write-up saying Wang was hired as an assistant to the court-appointed special master's in the North Carolina redistricting case that happened in February before his hire was announced to the parties in the lawsuit. Wang had contacted the other side, the non Republican general assembly side, the plaintiffs. Okay. The plaintiffs, the Democrats, the lefty groups that were suing Wang contacted their experts, asking them for data, asking them for information since he had quote, Been approached to evaluate the remedial plans for North Carolina, even though the court order forbade those experts from engaging with the special master's team. Do you see what do you understand what's going on here? So you got three. Think of it like this. There are three groups, plaintiffs, defendants and the the judges. Okay, the plaintiffs are the lefty groups that sued over the maps. The defendants are, are the Republican General Assembly leaders. And then the judges. They all have their own experts. The judges bring in what they call the special masters. The special master is some I think they uh, they named a couple of them, one of whom I think was Sean Trent. I think they were. I think that's right. Well, Sean Trent did some work up in Virginia. Anyway, he's with real clear politics. And anyway, point is here that they appoint the special masters to sort of ride herd so the judges don't have to. Theoretically, you're bringing in special masters that have expertise in these areas, but they're going to need some help, especially if you're running through mathematical formulas and algorithms and all of these different analyses that the the mathematicians and the uh, the, the professors use, all of the different experts that the lawyers ha- or the uh, uh, the defendants have and the plaintiffs have. Again, because they all have their own experts, they all run different analyses. And they come up with different hypotheses and different explanations and all that. By the way, our guest in the first hour, Chris Cooper, he was actually one of the expert witnesses called by the plaintiffs, the, the, the liberal groups. They used him because his argument was there's no other explanation for the uh, the lines to be drawn except to maximize Republican uh, victories. So they use him as an expert witness. They do the same thing with these mathematicians. But the problem is with the math guys, nobody understands those formulas. So then the other team has to bring in their math guy to look at the other math guy. And then, you know, they look at all the formulas and stuff. But the judges, special masters, they don't know what this stuff is about. So they bring in their guys. And that's where Wang comes in. I rephrase that. That's where the Princeton gerrymandering project comes in. They were acting as the advisor to the special masters. And that's when Wang starts making phone calls to the uh, plaintiff's experts. This was a violation so obvious and egregious that the plaintiff's lawyers, when they found out about it, they immediately informed the lawyers for the General Assembly and the court they were like we just want to let everybody know this guy started making phone calls we didn't have anything to do with that because that that'll get you in a lot of trouble as a lawyer so legislative ex, or uh, the legislative leaders the uh, uh the defendants in this case asked for the court to remove sam wang from the team because of the ex parte communications which means you know separate outside of the uh, the the presence of the other parties, which is what he was engaged in. It absolutely is what he was engaged in. It's textbook definition. He's having conversations with these other experts saying, hey, what can you give me? Can you give me some data? Let me see your plans. The motion was denied. The remedial process concluded. The court accepted a congressional map that was drawn by the special master's team, including Wang, that had only one competitive district. And that's the... yeah. The one competitive district. This is why State Senator Jeff Jackson is going to walk into Congress here in Charlotte-Mecklenburg. They gifted him that seat because he bailed on the U.S. Senate race against Sherry Beasley. Right? So Jeff Jackson's going to get himself a seat because Sam Wang put his thumb on the scale. Because Sam Wang is a corrupt, partisan hack out of princeton and now he's getting investigated because his own staffer said he was willing to cheat to make democrats win i know i'm as surprised as you i've never heard this song is this a new bump tune summertime is finally here That's right. This is Kenny Chesney. He's on tour. It's the Here and Now Tour at Bank of America Stadium this Saturday. Do you want a pair of tickets? You know you want a pair of tickets. If you are the 10th caller now to 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110, 10th caller, gets a pair of tickets. Remember, these are going to be given to you digitally They're going to get sent to you digitally, so make sure you give us the right email address and right phone number. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Tenth caller, if you get a busy signal, keep trying, and good luck. Oh, and by the way, congrats to Bradley from Gastonia. Uh, He was the winner in the 12 o'clock hour. Maybe you could be the winner this hour, and then I read your name and the town you're from. If you're the 10th caller, it's just gravy. I mean, going to the concert's just gravy after hearing me read your name, I know. But I'm a giver, what can I say? All right, uh, filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. He has released details about where his highly anticipated documentary film, 2000 Mules, can be viewed. The movie is showing in theaters across the nation starting Monday. And then again on Wednesday. There's going to be a virtual premiere online. Next Saturday, so May 7th, so not two days from now, but May 7th, 8 o'clock online. They've got a website, 2,000 Mules, the website. Um, What is the movie about? It's Dinesh D'Souza. You're probably aware of him. The movie is about an allegedly illegal ballot harvesting scheme that was conducted in five key swing states during the 2020 election, including Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin. Originally published here, this I'm reading from the Western Journal. These are all states that former president Donald Trump won in 2016, but then flipped to Democrat president Joe Biden. Just four years later, the vote integrity group, true the vote worked with D'Souza on this movie. 2000 mules. So what's a mule? Well, glad you asked. A mule is a term used in the movie for those who repeatedly pick up batches of ballots and place them in the drop boxes. Makes sense, right? Like a drug mule or the mules that they used cross the, the mountainous areas when transporting things, right? In the new trailer, True the Votes, Greg Phillips says, quote, we identified in Atlanta... 242 mules that went to an average of 24 drop boxes. So about 10. Or sorry, 24 apiece, rather, right? 24, 242 mules that went to 24 drop boxes on average. In Philadelphia, we've identified more than eleven hundred mules. He also said that true the vote has 4 million minutes of surveillance video from around the country allegedly showing mules in action during the 2020 election. They used cell phone geo-tracking as well as the surveillance video to show this network of mules in battleground states busily collecting ballots from get-out-the-vote NGOs. Those are non-government organizations, NGOs. These are your... Left wing funded nonprofit groups like Stacey Abrams's group. So they've got this data, they got the video. It shows all of these people running around collecting ballots from the different NGOs, from the different organizations, and then stuffing them a few at a time into multiple drop boxes in the dead of night. There are serious issues with chain of custody when it comes to absentee ballots or mail in ballots. Serious issues. A mule is anybody who went to a drop box 10 times or more during the 2020 general election. For each of the 2000 mules, the average number of drop box visits, though, was 38. With an average five ballots deposited per visit. I will do the math. That is 380,000 votes that were potentially corrupted. They're suspect. They have to be. The cell phones have unique device information, which pings off of cell phone towers, shows you where the cell phone has been, down to an 18-inch diameter. This technology is used by thousands of phone apps, tell you you what your weather is like, your nav systems, all of that. Police have been using... Pings and such, right? I'm sure you're aware they're, hell, the New York Times reportedly paid for the cell data so they could track down people who were at the Capitol on January 6th. That's how they've been doing a lot of that uh, work. So the mules followed a pattern of repeatedly going to a Dropbox location and then back to the offices of the NGOs during the elections in places like Atlanta, Philadelphia, and Yuma, Arizona. Stacey Abrams' group in Georgia called Fair Fight Action is an example of an NGO where the pattern showed up. Pings don't lie. To guard against accidentally picking up people who happen to pass by a Dropbox location regularly, like let's say you just work someplace and your cell phone's in your pocket, you're going to and from work, and you're like, oh, walk by that Dropbox, but you're not putting anything in it. Right. You're just walking by. So how do you screen those people out? Well, true, the vote bought the cell phone data for September, October and November. Showing before, during and after election season. So only the cell phones that showed up at the drop boxes when voting was occurring were included in their data. So they could screen out. If you were walking past, now maybe you got a job and it started just coincidentally during early voting. And so now you're going to get caught up in the pings. Okay, all right, fine. So be it, right? Only those cell phones, though, showed them at drop boxes when voting was occurring were included. Dinesh D'Souza breaks down the numbers in this movie, 2,000 Meals, concluding that the number of ballots that got harvested in Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania— And we must assume that these were mostly, if not totally, for Joe Biden, that they would have changed the outcome in the three states and therefore the winner of the uh, the race. If they were fraudulent ballots, that's always the key caveat here. And I just said serious issues with chain of custody. I agree. And if you got a if you got chain of custody issues, you don't know um, where the ballots came from. You can't verify that it was actually somebody who voted a legitimate, real person who voted it. Then they get tossed. But I don't know if every single ballot gets tossed. I cannot make that leap. I have to, you got to, you got to do an investigation, which all of this should have been occurring earlier. I'm kind of ticked off it's taken this long, but kudos to them for at least doing it, even if it's coming almost now, uh, what, two years late. News Talk 1110 993 WBT congratulations to Julian from Charlotte he won the uh, uh, the second set of Kenny Chesney tickets. Don't worry you got two more chances I think right during Brett's show Brett's given some tickets away too. I don't know how he's going to do it probably in a way better more creative way than I've just done it, but I mean that's that's Brett. So he's he's more creative than I am. <laughs> so he's probably got a better way to do it. But he's going to give away a couple pairs of tickets as well. So stay tuned. Hang on his every word. Um, Charlotte Mecklenburg, Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge Number 9, made its endorsement for district attorney. And it's the district attorney. Yeah, spoiler alert, same guy. Spencer Merriweather has diligently served as citizens of Mecklenburg County since being appointed as district attorney in 2017. Prior to his appointment and subsequent election to DA, he served as an assistant DA for 11 years. Under his tenure, Meriwether has prioritized the need to vigorously prosecute and hold violent criminals accountable. Wait, no, yeah, that is what it says. Okay. Uh, He has implemented innovative programs and strategies to support crime victims, obtain justice, and make our community a safer place to live and work. Yeah, that's what that says. Furthermore, District Attorney Merriweather has tenaciously lobbied state politicians for needed funding to efficiently and effectively improve the Mecklenburg County Court system. I'm just, I'm just giving you their endorsement, just letting you know. But I do have a story in here about somebody who shot somebody, left them paralyzed, and got bonded out. Anyway, Charlotte-Mecklenburg police starting to phase out the dashboard cameras on the cruisers. You know why, right? Right, because they want to hide everything they're doing. No, I'm just kidding. It's because of the body cams. They were all wearing body cams now. So, why do you need the mounted dashboard camera as well? They said the widespread use of officer worn body cameras has started to make dash cams obsolete. In the audit, it also found CMPD is doing random monthly reviews of body camera footage to promote officer accountability. CMPD said supervisors are supposed to note any concerns found in the footage that officers can then work on. But the audit found. There are about two dozen supervisors or so that did not find any concerns in any of the videos that they reviewed. Which that's that's not believable. You got to find some. No one's perfect here, right? You got to find something. This is I think I told this story about the old history teacher that I had, social studies teacher I had back in high school, Mr. Peacock. Who sounded like the penguin? Yeah. He, that's what he did. He sounded. He was from South Carolina. He was like hilarious. He he had rolls of toilet paper that he kept in his cabinet. He would bring them out whenever somebody would make an excuse for not doing the assignment. Oh, you want mommy to wipe your butt? Huh? Oh, here you go. And he would try to throw like the the toilet paper. You can't do that now. He put the toilet paper in the kid's face. He had a bottle of water and he drew little tears on it. He would shake it in people's faces, in the students' faces. Oh, go cry, go cry, stuff like that. Oh, he was hilarious. I don't remember anything that he ever taught us, but um, but he said, well, he said at the beginning of the year, he wrote a list of numbers in the top right corner of the chalkboard, and he said A, B, C, D, F's. These are the numbers. This what I have to pass a certain number of people with A's, with B's, with C's, with D's, and F's, and they, like there had to be like three or five or something like that F's. Like I got, oh, I got a failure. Yeah, and he would tell this one guy. If you leave my class now, because he was disruptive. No, it was not me. I was not. It was not me. But this one guy was disruptive, and he said, "If you just go away for the rest of the semester, then I won't mark you absent, so you won't get any truancy demerits." You know, but um, but you'll get the F because you, like you're on pace to get the F anyway. So, like, why don't I just give you the F? You don't come, and then I won't report you for not being here. How about that? And the guy didn't take him up, and then he was like, "No, no, I'm coming in." And he he like showed up for like the next like three straight days of class, and everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, Alan's here!" And uh, and then he got arrested. Yeah. They found a whole bunch of stolen merchandise in his house. Anyway, um, he didn't come back. He should have just taken the F. The audit said CMPD needs to consistently enforce its body camera policy. It said policy violations stem from inconsistent enforcement. The audit also found through interviews and a department-wide analysis, that officers were not consistently testing the body cam features. I mean, who reads the instructions on these things? Oh, yeah, I'm supposed, like, the, like, you're supposed to test these things, like, once a month. Do you know you're supposed to test your smoke alarms once a month? Really? Yeah, exactly. I was reading through, because we have the new house, I'm reading through the smoke alarm because it starts going off. I'm like, why is this thing going off? It starts chirping at me in the middle of the night. That's always fun at 3 a.m. So then I press the little button on it. Well, first I have to go to the garage, get the ladder, bring the ladder in, get all the way up there, press the thing, and then it stops. And then I'm like, okay, great. But then 24 hours later, did it again. So that's it. Like, do you get the 24 hours after that? Then it's going to keep chirping and it won't stop. So it was a battery. It's a brand new new house, brand new smoke alarm, but I guess they just probably bought all of the smoke alarms in bulk, and so all of the batteries are probably dead. I don't know. So they're all up there, and so... I have to swap them out. Anyway, that's what prompted me to read the booklet for the smoke alarm, because otherwise, who would read that? So I read it, and right at the beginning, it says, I'm supposed to test this thing once a month? I'll take things that are not going to happen for 500 Alex. Thank you. Yeah, not going to happen. Uh, what else? Um, I did that, I did that. Oh, CMPD. Looks like they might be cracking down on the uh, the bike uh, the bicycle gangs. I always I never want to call them the bike gangs because it sounds you know it's they, they, it sounds like the Hell's Angels, and they're not. Although I mean they are jerks, but they're not. They're it's not like like the motorcycle gang, like the sort of stereotypical idea. They're bicycle gangs. These are people on bicycles, but they are still thugs. They're still criminals. They're engaged in criminal activity. Just because they're 11 and 12 years old doesn't mean that they're not acting like criminals. So now CMPD, according to Morgan Francis of Queen City News, they're executing, well, not the people, but the full court press, all four parents of these kids that got arrested for assaulting people and the like, they the parents got charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor. But you'll be happy to know that two of them are already out on bond. Two of the kids already on a bond after leaving somebody paralyzed. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.